praise the Lord, everybody. Praise him. While you're standing, give God a hand of praise you today. Praise God of praise like you owe him one. Of the Lord. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. 
this is the house of the Lord. Amen. This is the house of the Lord. Just in case you might not understand that aspect of it, this is the Lord's house. And so in all things, in our coming in, in our staying, in our going out, we respect and we reverence and honor his house and his presence here. Amen? Amen. Amen. I'm not going to tarry real long and just have a couple verses of scripture to lift up before us. However, um, there is a word from the Lord, um, a very directional word. And um, again, not to be taken lightly, not to be taken for granted, and uh, understand the timeliness of it all. Need you to understand, if you don't already understand, understand the timeliness of it. Time is everything. I'll say that again. Time is everything. As a matter of fact, while I'm moving into the message and going to review some things and recap some things and then move forward in uh, this part four of this message um, and of this text, um, timeliness and timing is everything. Yes, it is. Um, time can determine whether you do or whether you do not. That's right. Time right. can determine whether you make it or you don't. That's right. Time will determine whether or not um, you have it or you don't have it. Time, time. Matter of fact, you can have all the potential in the world, but if you don't understand the element of time and timeliness and the timeliness of the word and the timing of the word, I want you to hear this. It all relates to the timing of God, which directly relates to the timing of your destiny. In other words, destiny can be delayed if timing is not understood. You don't understand what time it is in your life. Time, time, time. What time it is. What time, what time. We'll talk about seasons for just a moment, in a moment. But time. If you don't understand where you are in life in time, you will miss Hear me, you will miss because the saying goes, time waits for no man or woman. Time keeps marching on. Time doesn't wait. It does not rewind. It does not press pause. Time keeps marching and moving on. Whereby you and I might delay, detain, put off, procrastinate. Time does none of that. Time keeps on moving. Time keeps on ticking, ticking, ticking into the future. Time. You gotta understand timing. You you have to understand that today is not yesterday, and tomorrow isn't promised. Yesterday is gone. That time has passed. It is over. You ain't getting it back. Tomorrow is not even promised to you and me. Did nobody say I was going to live to see tomorrow? That's right. Time. So all I know, this is all the time I have. This is all the time that you have. So what, how am I not, what am I going to do with it? How am I going to use my time? Scripture says in Ecclesiastics, and I'm saying all this to set up the word so you understand that every word you hear coming across this pulpit has a time signature on it. It is time stamped. In other words, 
you hear it, you get it, you ingest it today. It's not going to be pertinent. It wasn't pertinent last week, last year. It's going to be relevant today to set you up for tomorrow. That's why you can't, you cannot misutilize time. So let me say this on the way to Ecclesiastics Fresh Start Worship Center. You can't come in any time into the worship service. Mm. Got quiet, I understand, but I have to I have to provide a correction for most of us in here this morning, except for those who may be visiting. Members, and you can't slide in here any time. The reason why you cannot do that and I cannot do that is because God has a time stamp, a start on time. In other words, at 10 o'clock, for, for the general congregation, the clock starts ticking. At 9.30, 9.45, the clock starts ticking for those who serve in the house as ministers, ushers, greeters, and on. The clock starts ticking. Are you hearing me? At 10 o'clock for the general congregation, time starts moving. Are you with me? In other words, God has said 10 o'clock. 9.30, 9.45, or whatever time it might be for your congregation or for your church. 11 for some, 12 for some, 3 for others. Watch this. But that is the time when God shows up and expects us to show up for the meeting. All right. Why is that relevant? Because he starts moving at that time. So if I step in and half an hour or 15 minutes late, then I'm stepping in. I've missed what God has been setting up and doing 15 minutes, 30 minutes earlier. It's called time. And it waits for nobody. It doesn't wait for us. The Bible says that everything there is a season and a time for every purpose under heaven. A time to live, a time to die. It goes on and on, sharing with us about the various timings. Don't you think it's interesting that the writer doesn't highlight seasons? Because, watch this, seasons are not the issue. Time is. I'm getting to where I'm going because you have to understand the timing of the Lord. I'm trying to help us right here. Because if you don't understand the timing of the word, the timing of the Lord, and the timing of how he moves, he will move by you and you will not even have missed him. You, 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 will, you, will, you will show up, come up a week, a month, a year later and wonder where has time gone. And the Lord is saying to us, you weren't there. You didn't catch it. You stepped in late when I was moving. And I don't hold up my move and wait for anybody. There's a time. See, we highlight seasons. Come on, y'all. Talk back to me in my pre-introduction. We highlight the aspect of everybody running around waiting on your season. When God said, what are you doing with time? Uh -huh. You're worrying about your season being over or the next season or the past season or the coming seasons and what you're going to produce in season when you didn't produce anything with time. Matter of fact, you were so waiting on your next season that when, when I was speaking in the realm of time, you missed my mood. You, you don't even know what to do in your next season because you weren't paying attention to God in time. God, I thank you for this pre introduction. Uh, you, you, you won't even know what to do. You won't even know how to sow a seed in the season when you miss God in time. He said as 
long as the earth remains seed, time, and harvest. He said nothing about a season. Thank you, God. He just gives a season for things to take place. Hallelujah. And you're worrying about things when he says, seek first the kingdom of God and all these things will be added unto you. In other words, I don't have to worry and be concerned and wait on a certain season when I'm moving with God in the realm of time. In other words, I'm not expecting God to catch up with me. I'm staying up with God. I, I, I thank God for this pre-introduction. I'm not waiting on God. I'm not getting somewhere and talking about I'm waiting on God to do this. I'm waiting on God. What are you waiting for when God has already done the thing that he said he would do for you? All he's waiting on is for your faith and my faith to catch up in the realm of time. waiting for another season. Seasons will come and seasons will go. Things happen in seasons. But where God is trying to get his people is to understand time. You gotta, you gotta value time. You, 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 you got to, you got to value, know how to handle time. It's time. 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 And God's time doesn't wait for anybody. It don't wait for me. It doesn't wait for you. Time, his time keeps moving and marching on. Time doesn't wait. Time does not wait. Time doesn't wait. So sometimes we think we have enough time. We run out of time. We try to make up time. All these things relating to time. And if you and I don't understand and value the aspect of time, then we're going to miss it. That's right. That's right. I'll say that again. Then we're going to miss it. Because time. So the timing of the word is extremely critical because the words you hear today, you're not going to hear it again. God bless you. What you heard last week, you're not going to hear that again. The only place that you're going to rehearse it is in your heart, I hope. Your heart, and it calls your mind to change. Right. Talking about mindset and mind—that—that—that—that. I'm not going to get up here every week and read and re-preach the same word, because time, the word has a time signature to it. Time signatures in music, help me, Pastor Mark, uh, if I get it wrong. Time signatures where music is concerned is 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 they have certain rhythms and beats. Am I am I on it? I don't know that much about written music. Pastor knows much more. They have certain rhythms and beats where they move in a time signature. So that they, they music is written with a time signature. So as people, as the orchestra or as the band is playing it. Uh, on whatever instrument they're on, watch this, they all have the same time signature. So no matter the instrument, they've got the same signature. So I can be playing the drums or, and, I, and I have the same time signature as the pianist because, watch this, it allows all of us to move in synchronization and in rhythm. And when we're playing the same note in the time signature, we play the same tune, the same sound. Are you with me? So we have various members and various uh, usages and various instruments, but we have a time signature. It keeps us in rhythm. I hope y'all hearing the Lord today. 
I hope y'all hear God today and just not sitting there looking and waiting for pastor to get to the message. Here it is. I'm in my pre-introduction. Watch this. Watch this. Watch this. Watch this. So life has a time signature where everything where God, if you will allow him and if you move in faith and you and you show up on time with God, God has a time signature where everything in your life begins to move in lockstep and in synchronization. Oh God. And that's where we get the scripture for we know all things work together for good to them that love the Lord and are the called according to his purpose. Watch this. Because when we submit our, our whole life to God, then he takes it and he puts it in the same signature. Oh God. So no matter what plays out in our lives, it's moving in the same signature. Are y'all hearing the Holy Ghost? Because I ain't got no notes for this. It's moving in the same signature. So no matter, no matter if somebody turned their back on you, no matter if you fail, you fall, you're disappointed, you succeed, whatever happens, it all works together to create the same signature. Oh God. Oh God. So in the score, that's a piece of music, is set in front of, of the maestro, of, of the one that is conducting the conductor, conducting the orchestra, which is the Holy Ghost. And he reads the score of our life. Oh God, when we get saved, sanctified, filled with the Holy Ghost, and submit our lives to God, and y'all mighty quiet, but that's all right. Uh, but what God does is he puts our life in the same time signature. God, I thank you. So my past cannot move above my present and my future. Because what God does is he puts my past in lockstep with my present and my future. So it has to create the same sound. It's got to play at the same time. God, I say nothing. It's got to make the same. It's got to work in conjunction and in coordination with everything. So my brokenness got to work with my blessing. And let God write another score. Well, oh God, I thank you. Let God write another score. Let your neighbor say, tear up the sheet music. Because you're allowing the enemy to play from the time signature of your past. In other words, he can't go forward, so he can only play your past. And you keep showing up late and not letting God write a new signature and a new score. Y'all not saying this in the Whereby, so God can write a different song in your life. Whereby God can write different music in your life. And your past signature got to line up with the pregnant, present signature. Yes, and produce a pregnancy that produces your future. Yes. Pastor said that's playing in concert. In concert. Instead of confusion. Instead of chaos. Oh God. He takes the chaos and the confusion and he puts it in concert. But you gotta show up on time. Time. This is all about time. Time. Don't your neighbor say this is about time. This is about time. And, and let me help you. Tell him this. This is not about your time. This is about his time. It's about your time. Everybody running around my time. I'm waiting on my time. Well, is it God's time? What kind of time you waiting on? I'm helping somebody. 
What kind of time you waiting on? You know, we live in this selfish society. I'm waiting on my time and mine and mine, my time. My Okay, I get it, but is it God's? You trying to make God line up with your time and say, well, you know what, God, you know, in six months, I'll be ready to do this. God, in a year, uh, talk to me, Holy Ghost. In a year, I'll be ready to do this. Oh, about, give me about five years. You know, I ain't ready yet. But God's saying, I need you now. I've written, I, I, I'm waiting to write the rewrite the score of your life, God. Because right now, you ain't scoring too good. Y'all not scoring too good. Oh God, right now, right now, you zero, you zip to 50. Y'all not saying nothing to me. And the enemy is scoring touchdown after touchdown. Y'all not saying nothing to me. I know it's going to get quiet right here. The enemy is scoring touchdown and touchdown after touchdown in your life. And you ain't scoring right now because I need to rewrite the score. Y'all not saying nothing. I need to get all the players on the team in synchronization. Oh God, where the right amount, you ain't going to get a foul because you got too many players on the Whereby your life is playing out in concert. Yes, ma'am. We're not saying nothing. Yes, whereby your life is lining up in concert. That's right. You you got too much going on. You got too much going on. You want to be saved, then you don't want to be saved. That's right. Oh, I know it's gonna get quiet, and the Holy Ghost gonna help me. You want to be saved, then you don't want to be saved. You want to live holy, then you don't want to live holy. Come on, somebody. And holiness ain't a look; it's a lifestyle. Matter of fact, it ain't even a lifestyle, it's a life. Right. It's a life. Holiness is somebody tap your neighbor and say, Holiness is a life. Holiness. It ain't a look, it's a life. It's not a temporary thing. It's not something you do on Sunday or a little bit on Monday from an outpour of Sunday. And then by the time Wednesday and Friday come, you right back. Come on, somebody. Letting the enemy play that same music. And hear God all Sunday, all through the week, all Sunday, the word, trying to rewrite the score of your life. God, help me today. Trying to rewrite the score of your life. Watch this. But, 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 but we let the music play a little bit, but then by time, some time go by. Oh, God. We right back on the same old piece of sheet music. Tell your neighbor say, tear up the sheet music. Tear up the music. Tear up the sheet music. Tear up, tear up the victim mindset. Sheet music. Y'all not saying that today. I watch people on a daily. The same piece of sheet music. 
God, God, God trying to rewrite it. Give it a word to rewrite it. Come on, somebody. On your mind, in your life. And I see people every day rewriting, re-singing, replaying the same piece. Let the enemy play fiddle in your life. And not second fiddle either. That's right. Let me play first string. Y'all not saying nothing to me. Y'all not saying nothing to me. I'm trying to help you, and I can't. I can't come in here and pacify you. I can't come in here and pat you and I down. I can't come in here and just stroke you on the back and tell you everything's all right. When I can see, that's my job as a shepherd. When I can look out and see the sheep. Not my sheep, his sheep. Come on, somebody. Not mine, his. But I am the caretaker of the of the sheep, of the caretaker of the soul. And I cannot look out and see the sheep. Come on, somebody. Coming into the fold an hour late, half hour late, and creeping in and crawling in. Y'all not saying nothing. Well, watch this. One of these days you're going to come in late, and the sermon going to be over. Y'all not saying nothing to me, but it's okay. Take this rebuke. The sermon won't be over. God, be, he, 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 he's done talking. You gonna come in and God gonna slap you right at the door and say, "I'm, I'm done." Watch this. And don't get an attitude. Okay. Okay. Don't do it. Look at your neighbor. Say, "Don't do it," because she ain't the one. Mm -mm, don't do it, because I have been through some stuff. Don't do it. Don't do it, because when God is done, if he's finished talking, and he's finished speaking, and he's finished moving, and he's finished doing whatever he's going to do, and he move on, guess who's going to move with him? Amen, 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 amen. That's right. But if you ain't here, how you going to know where he moves? Hallelujah. I don't just mean here in body. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Uh-oh, because see, that ain't impressing God. No pastor. How many just here in body? I mean your spirit. Your spirit. That's why saints, saved members, you gotta be careful where your spirit has been. All week long. You gotta be careful where your spirit been all night long. All day long. All week long. Where has your spirit been? Because that's the spirit that you bring in the house. Guess what? And God, the Holy Spirit, is a discerner of spirits. He will pick you up right here. Okay, all right. This is only this old time preacher. I don't like this. He will pick you up right here. Yes, he will. What you mean, Pastor? He gonna put me on Front Street? He can if he want to. He can, but he gonna pick you up right here in your spirit. And convict your spirit in your yes, heart. Yes, right yes, here. Yes, right here. Pastor yes. preach a word, right? Watch this. And if your spirit ain't, ain't in the right direction, yes. you'll say, Pastor, pick it on me. Yes, right. Uh, that's right. That's right. How she know that? How she know that? Come on, somebody. Instead of sitting there and saying, you know what, that's right. You're right. Yeah, I'm You're right. You're right. You're right. The Holy Ghost is speaking through my pastor. Yes, ma'am. Holy Spirit is speaking through the man or the woman of God. Yes, ma'am. The Holy Spirit is speaking. Whoever's up here, the Spirit is speaking. That, that, that's me, God. That's me. I ain't going to blame it on nobody. Let's look at the victim mentality. This brings us to that. <laughs> Let me finish my pre That was the pre-introduction. Here we go. Let's recap this for a moment. Just a moment. 
This is, up above that, I believe this is a victim's mentality. We, we enlarged it a little bit, I think. <clears throat> Excuse me, thank you, DL, Mr. DL, so everybody could see it. So, 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 so we've been talking about this, and the Holy Spirit said, now I want you to recap this to get to where you're going today. Because I need you, for the people to understand what a victim, now we, we did it the other week, but I need you to understand what a victim's mindset or mentality is. And the signs, the signature, if you will, yes, that you or I are operating in a victim's mindset or mentality. Number one, they're constantly blaming other people or situations for feeling miserable. They possess a life is against me philosophy. They think others are purposefully trying to hurt them. They are cynical or pessimistic. They feel powerless to change their circumstances. They enjoy sharing their tragic stories with other people. They have a habit of blaming, attacking, and accusing those they love for how they feel. They're constantly putting themselves down. They believe they're the only one being targeted for mistreatment. They refuse to analyze their beliefs or improve their life. And the last one, it's all right. And the last one, even when things go right, they find something to complain about. That is, we shared weeks ago, that those are, those are the signs, the signature, if you will, of individuals who operate in and with a victim's mindset. We all remember that? Do we remember that? So we move on, we move on, we move on now because um, to be a victim is a person who is harmed, injured, or killed as a result of a crime, accident, or event, or action. A person who is um, tricked or duped. Person who becomes a casualty. So to be victimized means this is someone who has been or was singled out for cruel or unjust treatment. A victim's mindset is developed or mentality is taken on. It is an acquired, I want you to hear this, an acquired personality trait. It is an acquired personality trait. It is an acquired, taken on, taken on, acquired, it comes about, it is acquired personality trait. It is a quiet personality trait in which a person tends to recognize themselves as a victim of the negative actions of others. Okay, I'm going to say that again. When a person tends to recognize themselves as victims or as a victim of the negative actions of others, and to have as and to behave, excuse me, as if this were the case in the face of contrary evidence of such circumstances. Okay. So a victim's mentality depends on clear thought processes and attribution. A victim's mindset, in order to acquire, to for me to take on a victim's mindset. 
I've got to embrace or take on the, the thought or the notion that what somebody else did to me yep. is the reason the cause for my behavior. Um, I, I have to have the capacity to think clearly in order to think like a victim, to have a victim's mindset or mentality. I'm walking a little bit slow through here because the Holy Ghost says it's necessary. So in order to, now watch this, there's a difference in being a victim and being victimized and in having a victim's mentality. They are diametrically opposed to each other. Stay with me. So watch this. I may have been a victim of circumstances, a victim at the hands of someone, domestic violence. All these things are real. Abuse, domestic violence. All of these things are real. Mental abuse. I may have been a victim and victimized by someone. Watch this. But it's up to me to develop a victim's mindset. The victimization does not automatically make me a have a victim's mindset. We all have been victim to something. I've been victim to things where people have victimized me. Are you with me? People have victimized you. People have done wrong, whatever the case may be. In whatever way, you were a victim. Watch this. But there came a point and a place where I had to make a decision. You have to make a decision whether or not I'm going to remain a victim and develop a victim's mindset. Because my victimization is in my past. Whether or not I'm going to have a victim's mindset, that's in my present, and it will work into my future. To determine in how far I go in my future, how much I do in my future. And so I don't want to minimize, and I don't want to discredit um, of, of what we may have been a victim to. Hear me, hear me very clearly. I don't want to discredit and minimize domestic violence and domestic abuse, mental and emotional abuse. I don't want to minimize or discredit any of it. Watch this. But there comes a time when the victim must say, I've got to get out of those circumstances. Gotta come a time. Let me help our women, particularly who have suffered or suffering domestic violence. You and there comes a time when you have to say that was the last blow. That was the last slap. Y'all not saying nothing. I wish I had somebody. That was the last hit. Because here's the bottom line. You do have a choice. Come on, Pastor. You do have a choice. You do have a choice. And, and this goes with anything in life. You do have a choice. Uh, uh, you do have a choice. You got a choice whether you're going to stay in the sin or you're going to get out. We do have a choice. There is a choice. I can say I'm going to stay in this or I'm going to leave out of this. Come on, somebody. I'm, I'm going to stay in it and make excuses and come up with reasons. I'm going to stay in it because I'm comfortable with this. I'm going to stay in it. Watch this. Because it's feel good. I'm going to stay in it because I'm afraid that if I move out and move further, I don't know what awaits me. Oh, God. Even though I know I ain't going to be beat up, beat down, spit at, talked about, and ran 
been through the drudges. I, I, I'm still afraid to leave all of that. Watch this. Watch this. And that's where you and I develop a victim's mindset. The mentality of a victim. God help me today. The mentality of a victim. Are y'all hearing God? Are y'all hearing God? We're gonna get to the scripture in just a minute. Don't 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 be fooled. We're gonna get here. A victim's mindset. All through the scripture that we have walked in this last several weeks, and we're still walking in today, and Lord willing, we'll walk in next week. All this scripture, this territory that we've been walking through is Moses rehearsing to the new generation of Israelites, those 20 and under, 20 and under, rehearsing in the ear of the older generation as well. They could hear it as well. He's rehearsing how the people conducted themselves after they were released out of bondage. After they came out, after God delivered them out. He's telling them now, and, and, and it gets to the part here where we're going to land. We landed last week, we'll land and go further today. Whereby now God says, God says, because, because, because you called your your little ones and your children, you said they were going to be victims. You said you pronounced victimization over your little ones and your children, and they don't even know right from wrong. They don't know good from evil. In other words, they're not even old enough to ascertain what is going on, what happened, and what's happening now. He said, but you all have, you've had for the past 40 years the opportunity to develop a new mindset, to develop a new future. You've had 40 years. I was going to miraculously deliver you from the mindset in 11 days and get you into the land of promise. But y'all fought around and it took you 40 years. You've had plenty of time. Somebody shout time. time. Somebody shout time. time. You, you went over 40 years past the time. But I was still with you. I was still been good to you. I still stayed with you. I still kept my hand on you. I still protected you. Come on, talk back to me. I, even though it took you more time than I intended for it to make. Here I had already prepared the promise. I had already prepared your possession. I had already prepared your prosperity. I already had the milk and honey waiting at the table for y'all. I had, I had the glass filled up with milk. I had the honey set. Y'all not saying yeah, nothing. Yeah. I had all the provisions waiting for you. But you fooled around and took 40 extra years, oh God, and you still ain't there yet. Who am I talking to today? You've taken so much time, but and you're still not there yet. But don't you, come on, let's press pause for just a few seconds to thank God that he did not leave you where you were. And even though it's taken this much time, God is still with you. Oh, God. Oh, God. Watch this. You would have been more productive had it only taken 11 days. Ain't no telling where you'd be by now. Watch this. But because of the grace of God, still after all these years and all this time, he's still good to you. But you done said your kids is going to be victims. I said your kids are going to be victims. You have already pronounced victimization over a generation who has not yet reached their destination. Huh. So he tells them, he says, all right, they're going to go into the land. That's where we left off last week. They're going into the land. But you, 
are not going in. See, see, I want you to get this. I want you to get this. I want you to get this. I want you to get this because no matter how good and good to please don't take the grace and the mercy and the goodness and the long suffering of God in vain. Please don't take it in vain. Don't, don't think you got all year and the next five years and you got all this time. Please don't do that. Because God tells these people here, listen, listen, uh, I was going to, I delivered you and I was going to bring you into it in 11 days. In 11 days. But, 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 so what I couldn't do for you in the time frame that I had allotted, y'all going to miss this, don't miss it. What I couldn't do for you in the time frame that I gave you. With the resources that I gave you. With the power, the capability, and the delivering arm that I gave you. What I couldn't do for you in 11 days, I'm going to do for your children. Okay. This is where it gets rough. I, 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 I'm going to do... So, so there is a such thing as God still extending grace. Watch this. Don't miss it. But it's also such a thing as time running out. Okay, all right, all right, all right, all right, okay, okay. There, there is such thing as the mercy of God. And we thank God for the grace of God. But the Bible says don't frustrate the grace of God. In other words, when you and I frustrate the grace of God, we take for granted. Okay, that God is no matter what I do, how I live, oh God, oh God, no matter what I do, how I live, how ratchet I am, y'all not saying nothing, how sinful I am, I can just take his grace and mercy for granted. Oh, why did it get so quiet? I can take grace and mercy for granted and still keep living any kind of way I want to live. Can I ask you a question? What did he get us out of bondage for? What did he deliver you for? Y'all not saying nothing to me in this church. What did he deliver you out of that for if it's okay if you still stay in it? Well, what did he deliver us for? What did Jesus go to the cross and give his entire life for if it's okay that we still continue in sin that grace may abound? God forbid. Romans, we're going to study it in the new year. God forbid. God forbid, God forbid that we continue in sin. Y'all not saying nothing to me. That will watch this. Even though they were delivered out of Egypt, they still had Egypt in them. They were still in Egypt. Y'all not saying nothing. Their bodies, their bodies had come out of Egypt, but their mind and their heart and their intent was still in Egypt. If that wasn't the case, then why every five minutes were they reminding Moses and saying to God, we just should have stayed in Egypt. That way they gave us something to eat. We just should have stayed in Egypt. We wouldn't have died there. Y'all not saying nothing. Well, why is that? Because they carried Egypt out with them. And I need to talk to somebody today. You trying to be saved. You want to be saved. But you carrying your stuff out with you. And God said, in order to follow me, you got to forsake all of that and follow me. You got to take you gotta take up your cross and follow me. You got to put down everything, every sin, and everything that so easily besets you. And you got to follow me. There is no in-between. Come on, somebody. There is no in-between. There is no in-between. There ain't no in-between. There ain't no in-between saved and unsaved. Either you're saved 
Either you're following Christ or you're not. And let me help you. Let me help you. Don't you let the enemy deceive you and get you under the deception of a false grace. Don't let nobody deceive you. Don't you deceive yourself and get under an illusion. Oh, because it looked like you blessed. And it looked like you're doing okay. And, and it looked like, oh, come on, somebody. That is an illusion of false grace. Because grace is not a license to sin. Grace is a liberty to live holy. God, I thank you this afternoon. Grace is a liberty. It's not a license. In other words, just because God has grace over you and God's mercy is over you does not give you the permit, are you with me, to drive your life in the direction of your flesh. And still put a cap over it and say, the Lord blessing me. God is good. Can I help us? God is good. God is good. I don't care how much you do that. Unless you live that goodness. Unless you walk that goodness. Unless every day of your life just patterned after that goodness. Which the goodness is, I'm not going to do the things that I used to do. I'm not going to say the stuff I used to say. I'm not going to go the places. Y'all, come on, come on, come on. I know this is so new for some of us in here. But it's the Bible, and it's right. Holiness, holiness, holiness is right. And it's not a lifestyle. It's a life. And it ain't a look. It's a life. And it's a mind. The Bible says it is with the mind that we serve Christ. It is with the mind. The problem that the children of Israel had, we have today, is that we carry out of sin the mindset. They carry out of Egypt the mindset. They carry out, after being delivered, after being set free, after the shackles being loosed and chains being broken, come on somebody, off of their life, they carried out with them an Egypt mindset, the mindset that said, I'm still a victim. I was victimized in Egypt, and I'm a victim right here where I am. My God, today. They victimized me when I was five, and now I'm 55, and I'm still a victim. They molested me when I was 10, and now here I am 60, and I'm still a victim. Jesus. They did that to me. I came up under those circumstances when I was born. I was born into it, but I'm still a victim of it. Jesus. A victim. victim. They said it. They said it, and it got in my head, and it got in my mind, and, and I just can't shake it. I'm still a victim. Still a victim. Still a victim. Sin almost took my life. I was in some dangerous situations. I should have overdosed. I, I, I should have been shot. Come on, somebody. Should have been stabbed. I should have been beat to death. Come on. Come on. Talk to me. Talk to me. Talk to me. Should have drank myself under a couch. I, I shouldn't even be here right now. But God got me out. Watch this. But he didn't get me out to take his grace for granted. He took me out to use his grace as a liberty. To be free. To be free. They didn't understand, I'm reading the scripture, their freedom. They didn't understand the fact that, yeah, y'all was victimized, and yes, you were the victim in Egypt, but here you are today. 
And in reality, you're no longer a victim, but in your mentality, you have held on to the victim's mindset. You just can't shake Egypt. What was it? Why was it, Pastor, that they just couldn't shake Egypt? What was the hold that Egypt had on them? Bondage, strife, struggle. Had to work the wages of sin is death. But the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ. They didn't get any gifts in, in Egypt. They got wages. And the wages they got, they got a little bit of something to eat. They got a little bit of clothes on their back. And they got a little bit of shoes on their feet. Isn't it funny how the enemy will feed you just enough? Oh, God. Oh, the church don't went to sleep or either they don't want to hear this. Isn't it funny how the devil will feed you just enough to keep you in sin? Oh, God. Isn't it funny? Y'all sitting there looking at me crazy, but it's all right. Yeah, because I've been there and done that. Got the t-shirt, the stats, and everything else to prove it. Ain't it funny how the devil will feed you just enough to keep you in chains? Isn't it funny how he'll feed you just enough so when you get out of it, you start missing it? Y'all don't want to talk to me. Ain't it funny? Ain't it funny that you know you slept with somebody that you shouldn't have slept with? You were somewhere where you shouldn't have been. They shot up the place and every bullet hit everybody else but you. And you made it out, but you still want to go back. Ain't it funny? Ain't it funny? Ain't it funny how when God gets us out of something, delivers us out instead of being grateful and using the grace for a grant to be liberated? Oh, God. We start looking back and longing for the things that God just got us out of. Who am I talking to? In other words, God heal you and you do stuff with your body and you're sick of it. In other words, God deliver you from addiction and that thing starts scratching at your shoulder and you go back and get it again. God deliver you. You done had clear HIV tests for the last 10 years, but you still itching after it. I know I'm being real and y'all just sitting there but somebody might on Facebook get it and God deliver you out of it and we ain't got sense enough to stay out of what God got us out of. Let me help you. Let me help you. Don't blame it on the ones that victimize you. That's right. Oh, God. They may be responsible, but the victim mentality is a mentality that comes about from a clear attribution or an attributed thing whereby you take it on. That's right. That's because watch this, I forgive the people that did it, that victimized me. I've got to let them go so that I can take hold of life and liberty and what God has for me. i got to make room in my heart. Y'all not saying nothing. i got to rid my heart, our hearts of anger and dissension and frustration and hatred. Come on, and animosity. I can't let that stuff build up because I've got to make room in my heart for what God has for me. Okay, sit down. Let me know. Yes, 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 yes. So, so that's that's where that's where we left them. They said, "Oh, we made a mistake. We shouldn't have tried another plan. Uh, we sinned against God. Let's go up and fight." God said, "Tell them don't go up and fight. They gonna fight. I ain't with them." So, watch this. The time is over. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Time ran its course. That's right. 
Well, get up here trying to fight now. I asked you to fight. No, I, didn't, I told you to go in and possess it 40 years ago. Don't get up here 40 years later and pick a fight. Because you ain't going to win. Oh, God. Don't, 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 cause see, cause see, cause see, cause see. You've been wandering around in this thing so long that, that you've developed, you got all this stuff on you now. You don't, even if you tried to fight it, you can't. You still gonna need me to deliver you. Y'all ain't saying nothing right here. You've been dealing and dabbling and in this thing, in this stuff. Come on, somebody. And now it done got your mind all jacked up. Now if you try to fight it, you can't fight it. Has anybody ever had something in their life that you, you wanted to fight and you wanted to fight it off? You ain't got to raise your hand and say nothing so we all look at you. But you but you just can't fight it? Ever had an addiction? Ever had a habit? Put on somebody. That, 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 that now you done been in that thing so long, it's become, it's become, it's become so regimented and rooted in you that you just can't fight it? Just say amen. That's all you gotta say. Is amen. That you just can't fight it. Why? Because the time has gone by. Watch this. Because God was gracious in the beginning stages of the thing. Whereby, whereby he said, you know what? I'm getting you out. I'm getting you out of this. I'm delivering you from them. I'm delivering you from that life. I'm delivering you from this. I'm delivering you out. I'm delivering you from that place. I'm delivering you now. And when I get you out, stay out. And the children of Israel said, well, we out, but God said, your mind ain't out. Um, say that, say that. I can tell your mind ain't out because 40 years later, you're still in the same place. Come on. Come on. Because you're still in the same place. Okay, okay, okay. Let, 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 let me. Okay, so let's, come on, open your Bible. To Deuteronomy chapter number two. And you say this while you turn into Deuteronomy 2. I sat down and watched hours of football yesterday. <laughs> Go Bucks. I sat down and watched, because I'm a football lover, and I sat down and watched hours of football yesterday. I watched Alabama after State. I watched Alabama. I don't even know who I watched after that, Pastor. I watched, it was hours. Just the Ohio State game alone. It was hours of football. Hours of football. Got my food, got comfortable, got my blanket, sat down and watched it. Didn't move till halftime. Got right back over there in my spot for another hour or so. All right? So bear with God. Because you didn't have to bring no food. You didn't have to bring a blanket. All you had to bring was yourself. And sit and hear the word of the Lord. Amen? Then we turned and journeyed into the wilderness of the way of the Red Sea. As the Lord spoke to me and we skirted or we walked around Mount Seir for many days. And the Lord spoke to me saying, you have been around this mountain long enough. Turn. You have been around this mountain long enough. Turn. Northward. You have been around. 
this mountain. Going in circles. Ain't going nowhere. Long enough. Matter of fact, you dizzy by now. Everything's getting a little wobbly by now, of course. And, and you're losing your footing because you're getting dizzy because you've been around this mountain long enough. That's where we're going to stop. Victims have the tendency to revisit, revision, revive, renew, and refresh their old wounds and their past. Some victims today. Notice the read, the revisit, they revisit, they revisit. I'm going around this mountain, and every time we go around and get to that spot again, we revisit the same spot. And we revision our victimization. How he did us wrong in Egypt, and now here we are. And God must hate us because he got us out here now. When he never told me to circle around the mountain. And he told me it would only take 11 days. But here I am 40 years in still going around the mountain. Um, they revive and keep alive and renew and refresh the victim's mindset. What happened in their past or in their present. Eliminating all possibilities of a future. So, 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 so I asked God in preparation for the message today, what is it about this mountain? Yeah. How did it get here? What, 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 what bothers God about the mountain? Something that bothers him about the fact that I just keep going round and round and round the mountain. Without giving you a geological mm. study, but just a geological perspective, many mountains were formed as a result of the Earth's tectonic plates, these little crusts that are underneath the Earth's surface, smashing together underneath the surface. The Earth's crust, if you need to know, is made up of multiple tectonic plates, and they still move today. That's nice. The mountains were not formed by somebody piling stuff on top. Yeah. And making a mountain mm -hmm. by dirt being heaped up. That's not how real mountains are made. This mountain in our text and the mountains in our lives are not made by stuff, dirt piling on top. But it's the shifting and the movement that happens under the surface. That's how mountains are built. That's how mountains develop. That's how mountains are sustained.